Welcome everyone, I'm your host, Emerson Green. Today we'll be continuing our series about epistemology, in particular mistakes that atheists tend to make about it. For those of you who prefer watching things on YouTube, I'm afraid you'll just have to wait, because I'm making the parts of this series one at a time, and it's only at the end when I'll put them all together and add some kind of video element. So for now, this is just for the podcast listeners, who I actually like a lot more than the YouTube viewers anyway, so there you have it. All right, let's get started. Theism is unfalsifiable. There's a strong emphasis on the notion of falsifiability in the online atheist community. A falsifiable theory is one which could be tested such that if it were false, it could be proven false. A theory that's falsifiable opens itself up to the possibility of disconfirmation. It goes out on a predictive limb. An unfalsifiable theory is one that doesn't take any risks. It's compatible with all observations, and all observations are equally likely on it, so nothing we observe could ever rule it out or even weigh against it. Theism, it's often said, is unfalsifiable. Even if God doesn't exist, nothing could ever disconfirm theism because it's an unfalsifiable hypothesis. So, they say, it's irrational to believe in theism. The idea of falsifiability is largely associated with philosopher of science Karl Popper, who famously argued that falsifiability is essential to scientific theories. If you advance an unfalsifiable theory, then, according to Popper, you cannot claim to be doing science. But are theists claiming to be doing science? Some of them, like intelligent design proponents, certainly do claim to be offering scientific theories that invoke divine intervention, but many other theists would not present theism as a scientific theory. They don't claim to be doing science. So why would unfalsifiability be a problem for them? This is the point where some atheists claim that you shouldn't believe anything that's unfalsifiable. I think that may be a bit too strong, but first I should explain why I don't think we should throw out the notion of falsifiability, properly understood even though many people are mistaken about what it is and why it matters. Unfalsifiability is intuitively not a good thing, but why is that? The reason is basically that if a hypothesis cannot be disconfirmed by any conceivable evidence, then it follows that it can't be supported by any evidence either. You can't have it both ways. There's no evidence that can be leveled against unfalsifiable theories, but the cost is that there's no evidence that can be raised for the theory as well since it makes no predictions about anything one way or the other. The reason falsifiability matters can be understood through probability theory. To quote Michael Humer, The way a theory gets to be probabilistically supported is roughly that the theory predicts some evidence that we should see in some circumstance. We create that circumstance, and the prediction comes true. More precisely, evidence supports a theory provided that the evidence would be more likely to occur if the theory were true than otherwise. The theories that we consider falsifiable are those that make relatively sharp predictions. That is, they give high probability to some observation that is much less likely on the alternative theories. If these observations occur, then the theory is supported. If they don't, then the theory is disconfirmed, rendered less probable. Unfalsifiable theories are ones that make weak predictions or no predictions. That is, they don't significantly alter the probabilities we would assign to different possible observations. They allow pretty much any observation to occur, 
and they don't predict any particular course of observations to be more likely than any other. On this account, falsifiability is a matter of degree. A theory is more falsifiable to the extent that it makes more predictions and stronger predictions. Now, there's a straightforward, probabilistic account of why falsifiability is important. Popper, by the way, would hate this explanation, but it is nevertheless correct. A highly falsifiable theory, by definition, is open to strong disconfirmation, lowering of its probability, in the event that its predictions turn out to be false. But, by the same token, the theory is open to strong support in the event that its predictions turn out true. By contrast, an unfalsifiable theory cannot be disconfirmed by evidence, but for the same reason it cannot be supported by evidence either. This is a pretty straightforward point in probability theory. End quote. A hypothesis is supported when the probability of hypothesis H, given evidence E, is greater than the initial probability of H without E. But the probability of H given E can only be greater than the initial probability of H if the probability of H given the falsity of E is lower than the initial probability of H. E would be evidence for H if and only if the falsity of E would be evidence against H. Falsifiability involves risk. If some observation would support your theory, that means that if your prediction fails, that would be evidence against your theory. Again, you can't have it both ways. If E would be evidence for H, then not E would be evidence against H. Maybe not to the same degree. E counting as support for H doesn't mean that not E is equal and opposite disconfirmation of H. Nevertheless, you logically cannot have E supporting H without not E weighing against H. There's sort of a risk-reward analogy here. Higher risk can mean higher reward, but it can also mean greater loss. Lower risk won't yield the same high reward, but it also means you'll never lose much. Unfalsifiable theories cannot be disconfirmed, but that means that they cannot be supported by anything either. Sure, there's no evidence against H, but there's also no evidence for it. To quote Humor again, Suppose you have two theories that explain some phenomenon, with one being much more falsifiable than the other. Suppose also that the evidence turns out to be consistent with both theories. Neither of them makes any false predictions. Then the falsifiable theory is supported by that evidence, while the unfalsifiable theory remains unsupported. At the end of the day, then, the highly falsifiable theory is more worthy of belief. End quote. Unfortunately, some theists defensively back themselves into a corner and get to the point where theism is basically unfalsifiable. In their desire to maintain that there is no evidence against theism, they completely rid theism of any predictive power whatsoever. But to say there is no evidence against theism is as ridiculous as claiming that there is no evidence for theism. There is evidence against theism, and twisting yourself into a knot to avoid that fact will do you more harm than good in the end. Unfalsifiability doesn't just mean there is no evidence that counts against it. It also means there is no evidence for it. That means every argument for theism would have to go out the window. In reality, there is evidence for theism, there is evidence against theism. And that state of affairs is only possible with hypotheses that are not unfalsifiable. Remember, unfalsifiable theories do not enjoy any evidential support whatsoever. That's the cost of setting things up such that no facts about the world count as evidence against your hypothesis. This is a two-way street. If there can be no evidence against it, then there can be no evidence for it.
you can probably gather by now that theism in reality is not unfalsifiable. There are some atheists who seem to think that theism is unfalsifiable because nothing we've discovered about our world, or could discover, would definitively rule out God's existence. Nothing would conclusively settle the matter, since theists could always tag some additional crazy explanation onto their theory. But to count as unfalsifiable, it's not enough for theism to be merely compatible with many, or perhaps even all, observations. Mere logical compatibility is not a terribly high bar to clear. Just because we can't prove its falsehood with absolute certainty doesn't mean it's unfalsifiable. By that standard, many things, including atheism, would be unfalsifiable. How much can you really be absolutely certain about? It's a pretty short list. It's not true that theism is unfalsifiable in the sense that it makes no predictions and that nothing could count as evidence against it. It does lead us to form certain expectations about the world, and plenty of observations do count as evidence against it. Besides, plenty of conceivable observations would count as tremendous evidence against it, so it's simply untrue that theism is unfalsifiable in principle. Theism might be logically compatible with most observations, but so is atheism. And if you don't believe me, listen to this very unreasonable atheist on Justin Brierley's podcast. If I were looking in the Bible for evidence, heaven forbid, um, I I, um, would expect to see maybe increase in entropy is equal to Q reversible divided by temperature. And that is if, the, if there was literally an equation in the Bible, equation like in that. the Bible, rather than all this wishy-washy, okay. um, elastic writing that it pervades. All right. So, so if if there was something like that that they discovered yeah. in the Bible, then that, I'd that, think then it was probably think a forgery. That, yeah. Well, exactly. The, the problem is, <laughs> would it actually make you? No. I mean, is there anything from you know? Is I there think, any kind of evidence in the universe that could make? I mean, if the stars lined up to spell. Peter, please believe in me. It's about no, time. No, I, 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 would, I, would I put it down to madness. You put it down so, to personal madness. Right. Yeah. Is, well, it is, sounds it, like Peter that there's no evidence that will persuade you away from atheism. Well, to be honest, I think that's probably the case. In that sense, wow. do you even have an evidence-based view if you're actually committed to atheism a priori? Well, I, I'm predicting that there will be no such evidence. That's not quite the same thing as being committed to it a priori. Um, I, I, I can't But you've envisage, said there's no evidence that would persuade I, you otherwise. I, I think it's much more likely that I would have gone mad <laughs> than such evidence would have been provided. Right. So, so in principle, it's impossible to ever persuade you that God exists. I didn't quite say that, mm. but... Um, well, what would persuade I, you? I can't conceive of... Uh, I suppose even if I died and was confronted with you know, St. Peter saying, welcome to heaven, <laughs> um, I'd probably think I was dreaming. Atheists can pretty much always explain the data, no matter what it is. This is also true of theism. It's also true of many scientific theories. Merely being able to reconcile a theory with observation by way of some auxiliary hypothesis doesn't necessarily mean we're in the territory of unfalsifiability. Something is unfalsifiable only if nothing counts as evidence against it. To the great dismay of some theists, theism is not unfalsifiable. There are features of our world that are surprising on theism. There are plenty of facts that I don't think would be facts if God existed. There is evidence against theism, so theism is not unfalsifiable.
right, so that was part two of our five-part series on atheist mistakes in epistemology. Be on the lookout for part three of the series, which will be about the epistemic value of testimony. If you value the show, if you like this kind of philosophical content, or at least think it's a good thing that it's out there, then please leave a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify, and consider supporting the podcast for as little as a dollar per episode at patreon.com counter, or leave a one-time tip at Emerson Green Podcast on Venmo. And if you just can't get enough epistemology in your life, then you can go over to Walden Pod, where I have a different series about epistemology going that doesn't really have anything to do with religion or atheism, just general epistemology stuff. You can also subscribe to the YouTube channel, Emerson Green, where all this will eventually be uploaded. This has been Counter Apologetics. Thank you for listening. I've been Emerson Green, and I will talk to you next time.